Okay, yeah. Okay, let's. Daf Mem Ches and stuff in the bottom line of Mem Zayin and Go back. So we said Viazlo Tamei. We had a Machlekes here between Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish about a Meicher Sodeu LePeris. If someone buys a Sode for Paris, now just to be clear, we're not talking about in this Machlekes about Kim Paris Kim Kinyakuf as if you only buy the Paris. And if you just go to someone and you say I'm buying all your apples, that, that, that it seems very clear. We'll see from our Gemara today. In that case, Rabbi Yechon would not say Kinyan Paris Kinyakuf. We're talking about where it's called Meicher Sode LePeris. So I have some sort of Kinyan in the karka, I'm not allowed to sell the karka to somebody else. The karka actually belongs to the Balabais, but I'm allowed to use the karka for the payers. First, I'm saying, even I can, the truth is, it would only be in a situation where you're actually allowed to use the karka for other things as well. If I want to park my car there, I can do that as well. But I don't own the karka, says Abiyachan. It's as if you own the karka. Since you have a schus to use the karka for the payers, that for all practical purposes is considered like you own the karka for hilfus, chumas, surmises, etc. Says my Vyazdul Tamayu, we have a similar machlaikis between Rechel and Shlokish and a similar case. So we know by Yoival, when you sell a field, someone who has a field, be Yerusha, all the way back from Yeshua Nun, and then he sells it out of the Shevet to somebody else, or out of his family. So then at Yoival, the field goes back. Whenever Yoival comes, the field goes back to the Yerusha. So Be'etzem, what ends up happening is, on some level, it's really just a long-term lease, 49-year lease or less, depending on when during the Yoival cycle you sell the field. So maybe says, in such a situation, since at least for those years, you have the full Ashtamshus of the Karka, even though you don't own it permanently, but Lamai says, can you not pay can you not and it's like I own the land. In this case, even though you have the land and there is land there, Lamaisa, it's not considered your land, and you cannot read the parsha and say And therefore, during that time, if you buy this land, you do not read the parsha bikurim when you bring bikurim, unless, of course, you're part of the family who actually lives on the land. Now here's the point, though. So we seem to have the same twice. Once in the context of during time of Yovel, what Allah is, and the Gemara we had yesterday was not during the time of Yovel, where you specifically specify, am I selling just the Paris or am I selling the Paris and the Karka? Why do we have to have the same Achleikis twice? But Tzricha. The it mar bahi bahi kam reishlokish before reishlokish said that reishlokish uh, said that that kinyan peres is lav ki kinyan aguf dami and may venikar the ki konochus adaited the perikonochus over there when you specifically purchase the land with the intention of only having the peres so then you say kinyan peres have kinyan guf of a bahach by the case of yovel even though lamaisa the field goes back at the end of the yovel cycle adaited the gufe konochus. It's not the pshat way the Mephoshim explained this Gemara. It's not the pshat that actually, when you buy field during his money, you're only buying a Kenyan Paris. You're not. You're buying the land. The Torah says, yes, at the end of the 49-year cycle, the land goes back. But during those 49 years, the land is yours. 100% of the land is yours. You can dig holes in it. You can ruin it. You can do anything you want with it. The land is yours. And therefore, it's very possible, says the Gemara, you would have a Havamina, that in that case, if Shishlakish would agree, Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Agufdami. Maybe Abiyachan only said it by the case of Yoeva where your intention and actually practically it's really your character. Now, Lamaisa, why is it not this way? Lamaisa, why do we say that during Yoeva we have the same achlaik? So, the Mar is going to explain it in a second. Toshma. The Bisha says, if someone buys a tree with the land along with it, so may he it. He brings Bikurim and he reads Bikurim because he bought the, he bought the land. No problem. Now, 
If we're talking about Zman Ayoivel, so according to a Shlokish, you don't really own the land. You're just using the land. And therefore, it's Kenya Pres, Lavkin Kenya Guftami, and it should not be, it should not be saying, be Pashas Pikurim. We're going to have to say, according to Shakash, just Bryce said this Mishnah is only when there's no Din Yoivel, therefore you're not necessarily giving it back. Tashma, we have another mission. The mission says, mm-hmm. If you buy two trees from someone, just two, and you say, I'm specifying the trees, so in that case also we say, you do not read because you don't get land. You're not getting the schus of the whole land in that case. You bring Bikurim, whether it's the rice or the Rabbanan, you're definitely bringing the Bikurim, but Lamaisa, you don't read the Parsha. Hoshleisha, mashma clearly for this price, and there's other Mishnahites who said beferish, that if you have three trees, and then that's generally the Allah, whenever I buy three trees, that's considered a field, and then I actually am automatically, unless you specify otherwise, I automatically get the schus of the land between them, so then may occur. So, oh, why? I'm buying it. If I'm buying it, I'm going to have to give it back. And according to a shlokish, I don't, I'm not maybe bikurim. I'm maybe, but I'm maybe bikurim. So, okay, and you're going to have to say, it's you would not be bikurim, even in this case, when you buy three. says, but now the Rav Chista comes along and explains. Machlaikis is b'yayvel sheni. He says, the truth is, so amaisa, why? Why, according to a shlokish, do we say that by, by Yoivov, I just explained to you that there's a Havamina. That really, when I buy a field, even Bisman Shayevon, it's really my field. Just the terrorist says I have to give it back. So the Lamaisa, why is it considered only a Kenyan Paris? Why not, like Abiyachan said, all those years it's actually my field? The answer is, says the Gemara, because it all really depends on your Das. You're right, says the Gemara. Like Rivchista said, Machlaikis be Yoivov Shani. The whole Machlaikis over here is after the first Yoivov cycle in history. Well, maybe the first Yevil cycle that we'll have, Mr. Shemoshiach, comes and we get used to this. By the first Yevil, I sold, people are selling and buying fields, and, you know, they're not used to this concept yet that it's going to go back in 49 years. maybe Because over there, since the Maisa we're saying when you sell a field, even it really is a Kenyan. Elamai, the Torah takes it away from you at the end of the 49-year cycle. So once we get used to such a concept that automatically in the year 60, when I buy a field already, in the year 60 of the cycle, I already know that I'm only buying it for a short term, for 30, 40 years, and therefore it's built into my das that I'm really just using your field, but I'm not really buying the field, because that's the way people understand. So the halacha actually affects the way people think about it, which actually then, in a sort of circular logic, affects the halacha. In other words, really, it's a Kenyan aguf. Really, it's a Kenyan aguf. But since people get used to not using it that way, it actually becomes not a Kenyan aguf. It actually becomes only a Kenyan Paris. So it says of Chista, so that once you say that, so then another terrorist could be like Kasha. In which case, all these prices that we said are talking about, we don't have to say that. We can say it could be, but it's the first Yevil. Because it's only in the second Yevil and on that people get used to this idea, and then Rishakash would say, but in the first one, Rishakash would agree, at least by Yevil, that Kenyan Paris, or it's not really Kenyan Paris, that the Kenyan you have during that time is actually a Kenyan Aguf. Whenever Yevil will start again, will there be. I don't know. No. No, I didn't ask that. Will we start then year one? I, I assume so, yes. Assume so, yes. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Mitzvah Shem. You also know when? 
That's not recording. So let's say this is a machlekes tanoi because we have a very interesting halacha here. The halacha is as follows: the halacha is when someone is makdish a field. Someone has a field. Now you can have a field for one of two ways. You can have a field that was biyurusha from your family, what we call a steyachuza, or you can have a field that you bought from somebody else, what we call a stay mikne. So there's two different halachas when someone's makdish a field. Obviously, if you're makdish a field, it goes to the gizbar, and you can be paid it back, and you take it back from the hegdish when you pay for it, or if you're not paid it back, someone else can be paid it back. Okay. So now what happens if someone else is paid in your field from the gizbar? What happens to that field when Yoival comes, during his man of Yoival? Okay, so the law is as follows. If I'm makdish a stay mikneh, a field I bought from someone, it's not really my field, like we just said, it's a short-term lease, so then when I'm makdish it and someone else has played it, that person only gets the schusim that I had. He can use it up till Yaival. When Yaival comes, it goes back to the original family. Okay, however, if I am makdish a field that was in my family, a stay achuza, so it's actually part of my family, and I'm makdish it. If I'm not, and no one's played it, or someone else has played it, it doesn't matter. By Yoival, it goes to the Kayanim. Special exercise of custom in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, It goes to the Kayanim. Oh. So now we have a very interesting situation. What about a situation where a person, a child, purchased a field from his father? Right? His father wasn't dead yet. His father, so there was no Yerusha. And he says to his father, I want this field. His father says, no, I'm pay for it. So he buys the field from his father. Do we consider that field a stay achuza, or do we consider that field a stay mikne? He purchased it, okay? And when the nafkamina would be, the nafkamina would be if he's makdisha. If you're makdisha, stay achuza, and, you know, and then it goes to the koinim by yovel. If you are, and you don't put it back, it goes to the koinim by yovel. If you're makdisha, stay mikne, right, then it goes back to your family at yovels. How do you look at such a field? So the Gemara Nerechen says as follows. Minayin, you have to keep track of the order that things happen here. Someone purchases a field from his father. And then the child is makdish such a karka. And now, before Yoivel, the father dies. So the Maisa right now, it sort of is a steyachuza. He was makdish it when it was not a steyachuza. He was makdish it when it was a steymikne. He had purchased it from his father. Now, before Yoivel comes, the father actually died. Oh, so How do you know in that case it's considered a steyachuza and the family loses it if they're not paid it back? And by Yevel it goes to the koinim. Tamulaymer the pasuk says, "Im esteymikna say." If we're talking about a steymikna, Asher loy misteyachuzosi. That is not a steyachuza. Why does pasuk have to say that? Pasuk should say if it's a steymikna, this is the halacha. If it's steyachuza, this is the halacha. Why is it if it's a steymikna? That's not a steyachuza. Obviously, if it's a steymikna, it's not a steyachuza. Why is it there to say it that way? Sadash eno ruuyeli a steyachuza. Yotzezu sheruuyeli a steyachuza. Different view, different shimon. Different shimon say in this case, even though when you were makdish it was a steymikna, since when the time you evil comes. It was Roy to be a steyachuza because the father already died. In that case, it has a loch of a steyachuza, and if you not paid it back, it goes to the kite. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir argues and says a different point. Meir says no. In your case, when you are makdishit as it was a steymikna, it has a din of a steymikna. The case where I will agree to you is in the opposite case, where the father died, he purchased it from his father, the father died, and then he was makdishit. So he was makdishit after the father died already, which means at the time of the hegdish already was a steyachuzah. Minayachit, they found him a steyachuzah, Tamalayim says, Remember, that's what that teaches you. So that's a machlech's remainder either. Mayor says, only 
It's a stay achuzah if you, the father died before you were makdashin. Remeir and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon say that even if he was makdashin before the father died, it still has a din of a stay achuzah. What's the makhlaik is? Ve'ilu Rabbi Rabbi Shimon, Meisav in Remeir's case, V'achachik Disha, Loitzarech Kro. Their point is, I don't need a Pusik for a mayor's case. A mayor's case is Pushit. If the father died before he's Makdashit, of course it's a Stehachusa. The Chiddush and the Pusik is, even if he was Makdashit before the father died. Why don't, what's the Machlaik? Why what's the Machlaik? Well, whether you need a Pusik for this. My Amazing The mayor's suffer, Kinyan Aperiske, Kinyan Aguftami. When the son purchases the field from the father, it's considered the son's field. Kinyan Aperiske, Kinyan Aguftami, like a Bechemin. And it's the son's field. When the father dies now, does anything halachically change? No. no. It was the son's field. And it is the son's field. The Yerusha affected nothing. And therefore, says the mayor, if I didn't have a Pusik, I would call that a stay mikna as well. Because he never had a Din Yerusha applied to it. That, no, that's called a stay Yerusha. But only that case. No. When the son purchased the field from the father, he only has a Kenyan Aperis, and therefore the son does not own the physical field. When the father dies, it changes his halachic status now. And now it goes from being a Kenyan Aperis to the son, to being a Kenyan Aguf to the son, and now of course, says the Yudhir Shimon, and has a dinner of a Steachus. I don't need a Pusik for that. It's changed its status. Of course it's changed from a Steachus to a Steachus. So what do I need the Pusik for? For the bigger Chiddush, in the case of his and then the father dies, Kamash from the Pusik. Even in that case, it's still called a Steachuza. Whereas the mayor says, I don't know that case if he's a Steachuza, that's a bigger Kiddish. Who did So the we have Machlekes Tanoyim over here, whether Kenyan Pesk or Kenyan Agufta. I mean, when the son purchased the field from the father, is that called a Kenyan Aguf for the son? Yes or no? Machlekes Tanoyim. It could be Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon agree that when the son purchases the field from the father, it's considered the son's field altogether. Oh, so if we consider the son's field altogether, when the father died, the son did not change any halakhic status on the field. In which case, how do we know it's considered a stachuz, which was the mayor's point? It's a, the machlaik is over here is do we have a double drasha or a single drasha? Okay, everybody agrees that when the son purchases the field, it has a dynasty mikna in both cases. So we have two cases: one where he was makdashib before the father died, one where he was makdashib after the father died. Obviously, the smaller chiddush is if he's makdashib after the father died. The bigger chiddush is when he's makdashib before the father died. The mayor says we only have one pasuk. We take the smaller chiddush. Yudin Bishimin said we have two psukim. We have two drushes. We can learn both halachas. What's the second drusha? Kra Ashkem Adarsh Lichtev Achmona Imestemiknesoy Asher Lo Yachuzasi. That is not his achuzo. My, why does it say Asher Loi Miste Yachuzasi? A double Extra word, he dashes. So the shani ruler is teachuza. Yatzuzu shiruler is teachuza. So therefore, they have a second drasha that not only when the son is makdishit after the father died, it has a din of teachuza, but even if the son is makdishit before the father died, also has a din of teachuza. But this has nothing necessarily to do with kinyan peskin, kinyan aguf dami, or not, and that remains a machlokes amaroyim. Rabbi Yechon Meshlokish lav dafka a machlokes tanoi. A father who's got children and he, has, and he owns a field, that field intrinsically from the birth of those children will be once a Sidei Achuzah. But, uh, Roy, but not yet. 
Not yet. Right now, they purchase it. The son says, I want it to be mine. He purchases it. It's not a Stehachuzi yet. Stehachuzi is only when there is a Yerusha. When the father when the dies. Father died, it becomes yes. a stair-chuzer. Correct. And the potential is not always there to... to Correct, create. but it's not. Potential, yes, but not yet. Not yet. Amr Rav Yosef. Says Rav Yosef, and Gvaldi Gachap now. He loved Amr Rav Yosef, and Kenya Peshka, Kenya Nagov. Says Rav Yosef, and said, Kenya Peshka, Kenya Nagov. Let's imagine a world where Rav Yosef holds like a Rishlokish. Kenya Peshka, Kenya Nagov. Then when I use a field, that's not my field at all. Right? It's just I'm using the field, but I don't not, I'm not going to have a Kenya in it. So he says, If he held like that, he would be totally stuck. Why would he be stuck? We have a machlekes, we had a magmar in many places about Brera. When a father dies and the two sons split up the Yerusha, do we look at it that each son is getting his Yerusha, period, and each son, whatever he gets, he gets? Or do we say, that really each son owns 100% of the whole field, each son. And when, when Reuven takes 50% and Shimon takes 50%, what's actually happening is Reuven is buying Shimon's chedek in his piece, and Shimon is buying Reuven's chedek in his piece. And at Yoivel, they really split it all up again. Every Yoivel, every family can really split up all the karka because it goes back to what we call Tfusasa Abayit. It goes back to the family, the estate, and you re-split it up. If you say Yesh Brera, then very simple, everybody has their piece. If you hold Ein Brera, then it's all really part of the Tfusasa Abayit and each one is Ke'ilu buying each other. Now, the key here is buying. If you hold that they're actually buying, which is a Yechanan said, that means... What kind of Kenyan does Ruvain have in this field now? He only has a Kenyan Paris. We're talking about Yavel Shani. He only has a Kenyan Paris. So if he only has a Kenyan Paris, and you hold Kenyan Paris, Lavka Kenyan Aguftami, you're never going to be able to read the Parsha Bikurum ever, anybody. Except, says the Gemara, the only person who's ever going to bring and read Parshat Bikurim is if you have a single son, the son of a single son, all the way back to Yeshua Nun. If there's any brothers anywhere in that line, all the way back to Yeshua Nun, they're Lekuchais, and if they're Lekuchais, then you only have a Kenyan at Paris, and you would not see other. Must be, says the Gemara, that if Yechon, who says in this case, the Lekuchais, he must hold that that's enough to say, and you consider it. Let me read this long text if you're in the mood, that we, we seem to pass in both sides of this coin, and therefore it doesn't seem to work out halakhically. That's an interesting point. But Lamaisa, this way the Gemara lays it out, just a nice lamda shachap. Says the Gemara, Amarava, Kromas That's all very nice. But Lamaisa, the Pusik seems to say it like Rishlakish. Cross says, the Pusik says that when you sell a field before Yoivel, right, you're not going to sell for full price because it's going to go back to you at the end of a few years, whatever those years is. How many years is it? The Pusik says, right? and right? In the years of the Tvua, you sell it him for it. It's a minimum of two years, it's a separate halacha, but it calls it that the Kenyan you're making is a Kenyan on Tvua. So even though you're buying a piece of land, the Pusik uses the word that you're not actually buying the land. You're buying the crop from the land. That seems to be very much like a shlokish, that Kenyan Paris is not a Kenyan Aguf. Obviously, Rechanon has another way of learning the Pasuk, but Pasha Pshat, the Pasuk is much more like a shlokish. Masnisa, we also have a, a, a Mishnah. The Bryce says, Bechar noito pishtayim besada achazar slava biyayva. We have a look like this. A Bechar gets pishtayim. Bechar gets pishtayim only from the stuff that the father owns at the time that the father died. If it's muxik, if it's Roy, something that somebody owed the father money or something else he was getting from some other place, that the Bechar does not get Pishtayim on. Oh, so what happens if the father sold a field? Sold a field out of the family. It's coming back to the family. 
Okay, before Yevil, the father dies. Does the Bechor get Pishtayim on that field that's coming back? Oh, so Lechayim says, this is Machlach, he's a Biachin of Eshlakish. According to Biachin, Kenyan, Peres, Kenyan, Guftabi, who owns that field? Whoever purchased it. And if it has nothing to do with the father, the Bechor does not get Pishtayim. Whereas according to Eshlakish, who really owns that field? The father still owns the field. And if the father still owns the field, the Bechor could get Pishtayim. That's what the Bryce says. Bechor noitel Pishtayim, but Sadech, Zaraslav, and Biyavel. It's considered the father's field, which is Mashma, only like Eshlakish, not like Rebbechin. But, says the Gemara, Amrabaya, Naktinon, Baal Benichse Ishtar. Oh, same Allah could happen by Baal Benichse Ishtar. We said by Nichse Meluk, etc., the husband gets the Paris. So if he gets the Paris, is he considered the Balakarka or is he not the Balakarka? Says the Braisa, says Abaya, no, Baal Benichse Ishtar If someone comes and sues the family and there's a Sikhsuk, some sort of fight about the Karka itself, can the husband go to Bezdin as the owner of the field and represent the wife? Only if he has a harsha. Harsha basically is like a power of attorney. Right? So if you get a power of attorney, you can represent the wife. But without this power of attorney, you cannot. Because your Kenyan is only a Kenyan Paris. And according to a shlokish, Kenyan Paris, lavkin Kenyan aguf dummy, the husband is not on the field. According to Biyachanan, he does own the field. He can represent himself. According to a shlokish, he doesn't. He says, I'll buy it like that. That's only if the fight is only about the karka. If the fight is about the karka and the food, the fruits in the field, so the Migid Dina Apera, just like the husband, of course, as a schus in the pairs, can represent himself in the fight about whatever the crops are. So Mishtoy Dina Gufa, then of course he can also represent the wife automatically when it comes to the karka, because once he's involved in the in the Din Torah, he can be involved in the Torah. We have this Machlaikis, Shakish, Kenyan Apera, Kenyan Gufta, which is many, many different Afkaminas all over Shas. Next parak, Hani Zaken. Taisus explains right away on top. This parak really does not belong here. Right? There are two prokem that are out of place in Shas. This parak really belongs somewhere in either Babasra or Babakama, Babatsia. One of the Babas it belongs in. It definitely does not belong here in Armasakta. There's another parak in Masakta's Babasra called Get Poshit, which is the halacha of a Kayan giving a Get, and that parak does not belong in Babasra. That parak belongs here. So they really should be swapped. But, you know, as the Gemara often does, things end up a little bit out of place. This parak is brought here because this is a continuation of our Tikkun Ha'olam sort of discussion. We've gone through all these many different halachas throughout the, the last parak of halachas that are chazal made b'pnei Tikkun Ha'olam, and this is a continuation of those points. Get Pashas and Babasar, because over there we're talking about Hilkish stars. Fine. Says the Mishnah. So we're going to have a discussion over here when you owe somebody money. There's different reasons you can owe somebody money. You can owe somebody money because you borrowed money and you have to pay them back. You can owe somebody money for a ksuba. You can owe somebody money because you did damage to them. All right? Those are basically the three ways you can owe people money. Dalach is when you owe somebody money, if you have cash, you pay them cash. Okay? Obviously, everybody would prefer to pay pay cash, and a lot of times people prefer, prefer, prefer to receive cash, but we're assuming on the receiving side, the person who's receiving the money actually does not prefer cash. Cash is a dangerous thing, Bismana Gemara. First of all, it's based on true value, and therefore it could go up and down in value all over the place, and it's easy to steal. Okay? Whereas all things being equal, you always want to invest in real estate. Real estate is fixed. Real estate is not, you can't steal it. It's always there. It's always good. Very good. So obviously, if the, if the person wants to pay back cash, you can't stop him from paying back cash. You can, not only can you pay kesef, you can pay shavik kesef in most situations, and therefore that's fine. If he wants to pay karka, or if he doesn't have cash and he's being forced to give up his land, the problem is, is what land do you have? Everybody has different qualities of land, okay? You have what we call in the Gemara, idias beninus vizibayrus. Okay, idias is the best piece of land, the grade 10, right? Let's just make 10 the higher number just for argument's sake. So idias is grade 10, beninus is grade 5, and zibayrus is grade 1. All things being equal, 
as we'll see in the Gemara, you're paying the same amount of money. If I owe you $50, I'm paying you $50 worth of land. However, the recipient of that land, whoever's getting it, the the Malveh or the Nizik, whatever it is who's getting the land, would always prefer to get a smaller piece of expensive land than a bigger piece of cheap land. Right? A smaller piece of expensive land, it's worth the same, obviously, but I could do more with it, or maybe I can invest in it and make it even better. Whatever it is, people always prefer idiots, everything being equal. Says the Mishnah, you cannot necessarily always force the guy to give you the best quality land. Says the Mishnah. And he's talking, when it comes to Hezek, if someone damages somebody and you have to pay, then you do pay the best quality land. What does that mean? We're going to spend a few days talking about what that line means. When I'm paying back a Balchayv, I can only force him to give me his medium quality land. So Rizisha, when you pay a Ksuba, then the Isha can only force the Zibaris the worst piece of land. Your mayor says, not necessarily, Af also, you pay medium quality land. All these things we'll discuss in great detail. Another halacha by paying back. Halacha is, of course, if Ruben owes Shimon money and Ruben has cash, Ruben pays it up. If Ruben does not have, but Ruben sold fields out after the loan had taken place, Shimon can go back to those lakuchas and collect. That's called Nechassim Mishubadim. Shimon has a lien on those fields even before they were even sold. But he can only go take those away if Ruben doesn't have what to pay. If Ruben does have what to pay, then you can't. Even even though Ruben Shimon is a Balchayv, is allowed to collect from Bainanis, and the fields that Ruben has available for him now are only Zibaris. And he already sold all the Bainanis. Too bad. Too bad. You don't have a lien on something if Ruben has what to pay. Next halacha. When it comes to collecting from Yisayimim, if the person you owed money to died, whether it was, whether uh, the person who owed you money died, whether it's for, we'll see, whether it's Nizakim, Bachai, Ksuba, we'll see all the cases that we're going to talk about. When you collect from Yisayimim, special takana, you only collect from the worst pieces of land. Why? We'll see in the Gemara. We'll see in the Gemara. Another case that you have over here where you have an interesting case of owing money. Ruvain stole a field. Ruvain steals this field and sells it to Shimon. Okay? So Ruvain has a stolen field. He sells it to Shimon. Very good. Okay, Shimon invests in the field, all very nice and good. Uh, and now comes along this field, the owner of the field, he takes the field back away. Takes the field back away because Shimon doesn't know anything and it's all gone. So Shimon, of course, can go back to Ruvain and say, you sold me a stolen field. Shimon, Ruvain stole the field, sold it to Shimon. He goes to Ruvain and says, you sold me a stolen field, you owe me money, I can collect from your Shabbatim, no question. Okay. But besides that, Shimon also invested in the field. So any money he invested, actual heights obviously out in the field, the original owner of the field has to pay them for that. Right? If he built a building in the field, the original owner of the field says, has to pay for the, for the expenses. He has to pay the expenses. But, let's say fruits grew on this field. So the original owner takes back the field with the fruits. Shimon comes back to him and says, hey, you owe me the money for the fruits. Besides the land, you owe me the money for the fruits. Well, the money for the fruits is no shtaran. So therefore, in that case, you cannot collect from his shubadim. Right? There was no lien on Ruvain for those fruits. It was a lien for the field he sold, but not for the fruits. So, for any investment money they put in the field, any money you owe to a wife or children for child support, all those things, you only, you, take an oilem. If they take an oilem, we'll see what the, what the reason is. You do not collect from a shubadim in all those cases, you only collect from the chasm b'nei
Another halacha. Someone finds a, a, a wallet in the street. So normally the halacha is if I find if I say you owe me money, how much are you owe you me a hundred dollars? No, I owe you fifty dollars. It might have been mikdash. You have to make a shvur. However, if I go ahead and return to your wallet and I say, "Here's the wallet I found. It's yours." You say, "What do you mean? That's a nice wallet, but it's missing a hundred shekel. You stole a hundred shekel from me." So really, that's a mighty mikdash, right? I'm giving you part, and you're claiming more. In that case, you don't have to make a shvur because then no one's going to return the wallet in the first place. Like, I'm not going to get myself in trouble by returning a wallet. I have to make a shvur. I'll just keep the wallet. Leave me alone. So to encourage people to do Hashem that we potter from the shvur. We'll see more about that in the Gemara. Says the Gemara. What's the that says idiots? When someone does damage, you have to pay the best fields, and that's tikkun oil, special special din drabon. It's a pasik. The pasik says. It says, When someone, talking about over here by Shane Verego, someone has an animal that's going into someone else's field and walking on the field or eating from the field. So, We'll get it when we get to Babakama. So what does that mean, meitav sadeu, meitav kamashem? Sounds like the Pasuk saying, I, the mazik, have to pay you the nizik back with the best of my field. So that's a Pasuk. It's not a tikkun oilam alach, it's a Pasuk. Now, says the Gemara, the truth is, there's two totally different ways to read this Pasuk. And our mission, which says that this halach is durabonon, is going to shitis of Yishmol, who reads the Pasuk differently. What does Yishmol say? Yishmol says, no. There's a question as follows. The question will be at the end of the sugya, which is, when the Pasuk says you have to pay the best fields, meitav karmir, meitav yishalim, does that mean the mazik's best fields? Let's say the mazik has a field that's best, his best field is quality seven. And the nizik's best field is quality five. Does the mazik have to pay five quality field or seven quality field? Okay. Says the Gemara, says Rabbi Shmuel, according to the Pasuk, Meitav Karmoi is going on the Nizik. I only have to pay you quality five field. But if they tick an oilam, Chazal wanted to discourage people from doing damage. They said, no, Midra Banan, you have to pay quality seven field. Okay? And that is the Dindra Banan our Mishnah is talking about. Midra Raisa, you'd only have to pay the best field quality that the Nizik has. Midra Banan, you have to pay the best quality field that the Mazik has. What's going on as follows. What's the drasha? So we'll start this. The Sanya. What does that mean? Says the Brisa. It sounds like at this stage in the Brisa that no matter what I damaged, I have to pay you field that is of your best quality, which is really bizarre. If I, if I burned your cheap fields, I have to pay you expensive fields? Why? I didn't... Hold on. Well, we'll explain. No, of course you pay the same value. It's just a question of paying idiots or not. It's not clear at this stage what is the machlekes of Mishmol and Mikiva. Mishmol seems to be talking about value, and Mikiva seems to be talking about quality. What's going on? And Mikiva says the same halacha applies by Hegdish. What does that line mean? We'll see tomorrow. What is Mishmol talking about? If I ruin high quality fields. So I pay high quality. There's no special knas. It's not like Kefel, Taisa says. Right? We don't see any din Kefel that I have to pay more. Whatever I damage, I pay. So if I ruin your lower quality fields, I have to pay meta, I have to pay your higher quality fields. At this point, the Gemara is thinking it's not a question of quality. It's a question of value. Then Rabbi Shmuel is saying, if I ruin a field that's only worth $20 an acre, I have to pay you, Lamaisa, field that's worth $50 an acre. Because that's the best field you have. That makes no sense. Why would that be? talking about a case where I burned your field, and it's not, nobody knows what the quality was. Nobody inspected it before I burned it. So if that's the case, it's a suffix. 
So maybe you should say Suffolk to Isil Khumar. The Gmarks explain because the truth is when I borrow money from you, we understand that I owe you the money, I might say Okay. When I burn your field or damage your field, it's an interesting question, is that a Khish Mishpur Halacha or is that a Yardea Halacha? Because I did not get anything. I did not take anything from you. I ruined your thing, but I didn't get anything. So when I got something, then we could discuss But when I ruined something of yours and I didn't get anything, maybe that should be a din iser v'heter, and we should say suffik daraisa l'chumra. And if I ruin something of yours, then Torah says I have to pay, and I'm not sure if I ruined the $50 thing or $100 thing, maybe I should have to automatically pay the $100 thing because it's a suffik daraisa l'chumra. And maybe that's what Rabbi Shmuel is saying. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. If I know for sure I, ch- I did the cheaper fields, I pay the cheaper. No, this is not an iser v'heter halacha. This is a chesh mishpat halacha. If I'm not sure, I pay the cheaper. What's the Mishmael talking about? The answer is like we already explained. No, there's no question that we evaluate how much damage I caused you. I caused you $100 of damage, I owe you $100. No question. Now the question is, what quality field do I give you? Do I give you a small piece of high quality field? Or, so now, if the Nizik's fields and the Mazik's fields are the same quality, I give you the best quality field that I have. It's all the same. If we both have level 10s, I give you 10. Oh. But what about a case, what about if the Nizik is poor, and the field I damage is his best quality field, but that's level 5. Okay, and I, the mazik, have a field that's level ten. I'm a very rich guy. I have higher quality fields. Okay, cool field. My fields are all highest quality. What do I pay in that case? Do I have to give him a small piece of ten, or can I give him a small piece of five? Says When it says Metav, we'll see how we know that tomorrow in the Pasuk. Metav means I give him his best quality. So whatever his best quality is, even though I damaged the lower quality, but I have to pay him on his best quality. Rebekiva says, no. The Metav Sadeo means it's a Chumrah on the Mazik. The Mazik has to give his best quality always. Rebekiva is being Mekel. So I don't have to give my best quality. I only have to give up to your best quality. Now, if the Nizik's best quality is more than the Mazik's, the mazik never has to pay more than he has, right? If I only if I only have five, only, you're only getting five. That's not debatable, right? I don't have to go buy fields to pay you. That's not a question. But if the nizik is worth less, do we force the mazik to give the higher quality field that he has? Yes or no? Rabbi Shmuel Daraisa says no. Rabbi Shkiva says Daraisa yes. Rabbi Shmuel's moidan. That's the ticket order from our Mishnah. Even Daraisa no. Medrabanan you do because we want to discourage you. So everybody at the end of the day holds, but the mazik shaminan. Question is, is that then Daraisa or is that then Drabana? We'll see more tomorrow.